0: I feel yeah, like Chris really sold it with Escape from Dagoo Or, oh, I'm sorry. Go, go. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I feel
1: like it's a it's a great time when Disney has a bad day. We just do the Legends podcast, and they had a bad week the other week, so we're back with the Legends podcast. I'm your host Jeremy. I got Dylan with his piss couch. Brian decided to show up again, and Matt figured out how a computer works.
0: So uh, well, i'm noah today until
1: I yeah quality autism has decided not to wake up so we're just gonna go on time because this is a tough one but we're gonna get through some news real quick because i want to talk about disney's bad week with uh indiana jones and the dial of destiny doing terrible at cans um uh, and getting initially a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, although it's gone up to a 51% as of today. Let,
0: let me ask you this. I know the answer. Are you going to see it? Yes. Yes,
1: I, I mean. I am I
0: too, yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, like but, you can about. tell by my, my content lately of reviewing all those Indiana Jones Bantam books.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go see uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark June 7th in theaters. When they bring Is back? back? Coming back in theaters, because uh, oh, theater theater. they're going to let you remember what good it used to be <sighs> before you watch the garbage that is what it is now. anybody you else? Doing gunshots? And doing gunshots, every week, every week, I'll be watching another one <laughs> Last Crusade, I mean, uh, Temple of Doom, Last Crusade. And for the second time ever, I've only seen Crystal Skull once in theaters, I've never seen it since. I'll watch it again later on in the month of June, right before I watch The Dial of Destiny. I'll tell you what, Matt. I re-watched Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and I liked it. I didn't
1: love it. I liked it. Um, and I watched all of Young Indiana Jones and it references Young Indiana Jones in it. And that gives me points.
0: Ooh, my- should I go back and watch Young Indiana Jones? Oh. <sighs> Oh, that's that's actually. I might do that. <clears throat> now, if they t- in Dial of Destiny, if they take out his left eye and at the end of the movie, sold. Sold. Mm-hmm. If they connect it to Young Indiana Jones, sold. sold. I doubt they will.
1: It's Kathleen Kennedy we're talking about.
0: And no one, no writer is that smart. No. the the person who wrote this script did not watch a single indian jones movie i promise you that did
1: you see the willow show because
0: we, did you know about Wanda, the uh doctor strange 2 when she was talking to the writers she said mm-hmm. guys this doesn't go with what we did on the tv show none of the writers had watched the show mm-hmm. yeah cuz why study why study
1: yeah why no one cares no one cares yeah.
0: what were evening. you saying though i'm sorry
1: did you see the Willow show? No. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. And apparently Disney Plus thought so too, and they pulled it. You cannot oh, stream Willow on Disney Plus anymore. Um, and also they closed down the
2: Star Wars hotel.
3: Yeah, that one, one I one heard
2: one week. That one <clears> got <throat> around a lot of circles. Even I heard about that one. This all happened in one week.
1: It's just a bad day. It was a bad week for Kathleen Kennedy, once again. Mm-hmm. Miss, I can't actually get a project off the ground anymore unless it's a cheap terrible TV show. Uh.
0: Okay. So I got I got Young Indiana Jones. I'm ready to go. That's a good idea. In between the movies, I'll watch a couple episodes of Young Indiana Jones. That's how I'll pass my time. Mm-hmm. That that show is so weird. I remember season 2 being better. Season 1 it was like a kid mystery show. You know, he's just you know, it's just a kid. And then, oh, are you talking about like, when the
1: DVDs are set up where they actually put the episodes in chronological order? Or when it aired and they just threw them wherever they felt like?
0: Oh, well, I had the DVD. So mm-hmm. I watched maybe one or two when it aired. Mm-hmm. But we it aired at a weird time, and we never got to watch it that much. But I watched them on DVD, and I was thinking, oh, my gosh, what happened to Indiana Jones? Because he has eye you know, patch on. Yeah. I was like, oh, what? and he tell a story. Mm-hmm. about this or that and you'll know, go back i remember the one tv episode i saw was when he was trying to dig into the mailbox and the mailman says, hey that's illegal that's a fine he went no i need to get something out of there and you think it's mail but it turns out at the end of the episode it was just a sandwich he accidentally dropped his sandwich in there because he's a doofus when he threw the mail in yeah basically he's, he's trying to get a sandwich out so you know, it was, it's just little antidotes like that you know mm-hmm. in between you know the the uh what, what are they call the the book ends in between the episode. Yeah. While he, while he finishes up the story, he they end whatever the cute little thing was that was happening at the beginning.
1: Although they re-edited them in the last DVD releases to make them 90-minute movies. Because there was a couple unaired episodes. Wasn't he- Harrison
0: Ford in one?
1: Yes. And that's Ford one of the right? better ones. Yeah. Uh, that's Mystery of the Blues. Uh, there's also Treasure of the Peacock's Eye. I remember when that aired because that was the '96. Yeah. So I it was one of my earliest memories is watching that. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> they re-edited them and they cut old Indy out because there's one bookend where his daughter shows up. And Steven Spielberg said, I, I don't want him having a daughter, I want him having a son. So they they retconned. So
0: to put Oh, Hutt I don't remember that and then voila mutt. mhm so interesting yeah. and then now he has a daughter anyway and this one. she's someone's daughter she's someone's daughter and she's and then, better than Indy uh, i'm guessing the- indiana jones isn't married again cuz disney can't keep anything straight continuity wise well
1: the what i i read the other day well i say read i i watched one of ryan kennell's videos And he Mm -hmm. he was talking about a a leak that he and Marion are getting divorced because Mutt died in Vietnam. So, yeah.
0: Really? Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Why would they get a divorce over that? I I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) Go crazy.
1: Who knows? Who knows? Um, i know that they never wanted to work with him again
0: no i know that no
1: one wants to work with Sean that out. was
0: still when he was the hotness in hollywood
1: mm-hmm. but uh anyway so our topic today is the top 10 best star wars authors i'm just letting you all know that i have a couple
3: ties in my let's be 30 people like matt's top 10 books that was actually 50 books
0: it, 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 I couldn't I couldn't I add a book series in there. I don't I don't have any regrets. So <laughs> I, I made a rule for myself.
1: I don't know if you guys did this. Um if the person if the author only wrote one thing, their track record got so bad that that more of their work was terrible over good, or um they wrote all their books are basically the same type of story. They got put in honorable mentions. Not saying that they're bad; they're worth discussing, and I will discuss them before I really I say my number one. Um,
2: but anyway, who who would like to start? So my personal rules were much different than yours. <laughs> 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 so this should be an interesting list because we're really not going to agree, I guess. Um, but I was just going through a list of the books and kind of remembering, you know, thinking about what I remembered from each of them and kind of what they contributed. And, uh, I'm thinking, are we just going to start at number 10? Yes. I'm actually going to put, um, Salvatore at the end there at number 10. Uh, mm. there's only one contribution, uh, to the expanded universe, but it was such a big contribution in that he kicked off the new Jedi order. He has two. He had two. He had a second one. What was the other one?
3: The second episode one was the uh, ep- episode two novelization.
2: And he's been an honorable uh, mention of mine. Okay. He just missed the cut. He's on my well, list I'd as well. Not read the episode two novelization, so oh, that you would be why I'm not familiar with that one.
3: I'll talk about it when I get to him uh, in my I list. But, it's stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm...
2: but that's where I had him, and that was my number 10. Anybody else? Uh,
3: my number 10. Uh, my number 10 swapped a lot because there's a it's hard to find 10 authors that don't have a blemish on their record somewhere so like uh this this swapped like three or four times but the one who ended up uh, taking that last spot was john jackson miller and <laughs> it's so the thing with john jackson miller i have not read the Night Errant comics and i've not you. read and i've not read uh and I've not read Lost Tribe of the Sith. So two of his three bad, like, bad stories I have not read, which is probably why I have the opinion that I do that I have of him. But Kenobi is fantastic. KOTOR is fantastic. Um, Knight Errant is boring. But also, uh, again, KOTOR War is a story that did not need to get made. So he, he does have that against his records. But again... For a top ten, I think his good generally outweighs the bad that he wrote. As inconsistent as he was, he, he had he had some high peaks, which is why I think he got the ten spot for me.
1: Okay, Matt or Angry German. Yeah, I, I didn't make the list, so I'm making it now. I can I can go real quick because I have a two-way I'm tie. Sorry, at number ten, I have a tie.
0: Um,
1: Shocker. My my number ten, my number ten is Michael Stackpole and Kathy Tires. Mm. Uh Michael Stackpole wrote some of the best Star Wars novels that involve uh, dogfighting, in particular. And really, he wrote pilots really well. I think that's that's my big thing with Michael Stackpole. I mean, I have a tattoo dedicated to Michael Stackpole. Um, and the Rogue Squadron story, but his comic book writing is very lacking. Um, the only noteworthy one, in my opinion, is *Marj* by the Emperor's Hand, but that's co-written with Timothy Zahn. Um, but he wrote Union, which is one of the, one of the plagues of the EU, um, he wrote I, Jedi, which is the prime example of why you shouldn't write in first person. And that just kind of lowered it. And I really love all the authors in my top ten. So being at number ten isn't a bad thing. And as for Kathy Tires, she didn't write enough stuff, in my opinion. And I think that's her biggest fault. She has some of the most creative ideas of the Bantam era. Um, I really enjoyed Truce of Bacora. Uh, balance point is probably my top five uh, New Jedi Order novels. Um, I just read We Don't Do Weddings from the Tales of the Most Isley Cantina and that just put her on the list.
0: Because that's that's one of the best
1: Star Wars short stories ever written. And what a way to lead in a series of short stories. Hmm. Um, So I put Kathy Tires there.
3: Kathy did not make my list.
1: I doubt she would have made most people's lists. But I yeah, think she's I not wish, on mine either. I wish she had written more. I think she had some really creative stuff. And it's a shame that she's one of the many authors who wrote New Jedi Order that didn't come back to Delray. Hmm.
2: So you're, you're, you're sure you didn't right. add a zero there, right? Like that shouldn't have right. just been like a one not. and not a zero. <laughs> <All>
0: right, mine... <laughs> Mine is obviously um, uh, Elizabeth Hand from the Young Bofets. I'm I'm totally kidding. Um, it is Kathy Tires, actually. Okay. Mine, mine was Kathy Tires. Kathy Tires knew how to be on there because uh, I, I just like her uniqueness. She wrote a few short stories. Yes, yeah, she wrote for the, the magazine, events. some of the things. And they're just interesting. They're just different takes. They're things that it's so different. And Mm -hmm. different in a good way, meaning there's one in uh, the Star Wars Gamer, where it's a short story about this band of musicians Mm -hmm. who go from planet to planet. They're secretly supporting the rebellion cause, but you don't know it. But there's a a rebel agent in each one of their shows, wherever they go on tour, and they're playing certain notes and they sing a key phrase. And those notes are the code to what's going on. That's how they're passing codes to each other and from cell to cell. And I was like, that's, you know, it's just to set up a role-playing event. But I was like, wow, that is really cool and really interesting. I mean, just different perspectives. Again, what she did with Truce of Pecora, it should have been the you know, Empire versus Rebellion round two, right? I mean, she could have done mm-hmm. that. No one would have faulted her for it. In fact, oh. everyone would have wanted that. No, man, she went with dinosaurs with ping-pong paddles that shoot lasers out of them. Get out of here! Get out of here! Um, and balance point was I, I, there's there's a few things in balance point I really like. Jason finds his balls, you know, which is a Jason great is inseparable
3: for like the first half of that book. You don't know
0: how long I have hated Jason. I hated that he seemed like the weak one in Young J. Knights. You know, he's like the the poor man's Aquaman combined with Animal Man. If anyone knows that, I mean, Jeremy knows yeah, that. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: but he makes the stupid jokes everyone rolls right he's just cheese and then when he gets a job order I don't want to use the force I don't like it and I'm like oh I want to slap the taste of his <laughs> and then finally not only does he use the force but he's so super powerful that when he finally uses it blows status out of the building you know breaks his ankle embarrasses him you know I mean they're just and there's uh, other good moments in there too so Kathy tires really underrated really underrated. Um, she never wrote anything great in there. I get that, but just to, we had a different fresh perspective. She didn't take the obvious path. She could have, and probably more people would have known about her, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I like the path she took. So that's why yeah. she gets my number 10. Do, do you want me to go ahead and just a little snake order? I can do nine. Uh, no, before we, we, we do that. uh,
1: is what based on
0: last. sales, what?
1: What, yeah. what the general populace thinks are the, best, the top ten authors.
3: Yeah, so I have what the masses think based on user reviews and ratings. Their number ten agrees with you, Jeremy, at Michael Stackpole. He had a 3.94 cumulative uh, rate star ratings out of, four, out, of, sorry, out of five. 87,894 people left a rating on one of his books. Mm-hmm. So Michael Stackpole is your masses pick, the, what the masses think is number, the tenth best author. There's going to be one, by the way, in the top 10 that the masses pick that I don't think anyone's going to agree with. and I can't wait to see all the reactions to it.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Barbara Hamley. All right, let's go.
2: Brian, so, what's number nine? You sure you don't want to go with Matt first on this one?
1: No, I want to go with you first.
2: All right. Well, I have uh, Christy Golden on this, and I have to readily admit that um, my choice on this one isn't entirely just because of her Expanded Universe contributions. I've read some of her stuff outside of it. And I do think that she does have a uh, a pretty good writing style overall, um, but she was mostly Fate of the uh, was it Fate of the Jedi? I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I think it was. Fate she of replaced Jedi.
3: Karen Travis on Fate of the. That's Jedi. right. It was
2: uh, three three books there. Yeah, she it?
3: wrote book two, five, and eight. That's
2: right. So that's that's actually who I had at nine specifically, just because I know her work beyond the expanded universe and I know her writing style. And I
0: didn't mind it too much in Fate of the Jedi. I thought it was good.
1: Um, I, I will like tell the you
0: the Jedi, where every third book seemed to stumble, but yeah, okay.
1: I will tell you why I, she's not on my list at all. It, it's her uh, her writing is fine. I prefer her over Karen Travis. She was a better choice, <laughs> but she she did um, John Ostrander and Jan Deriso dirty when she wrote Dark Disciples by crediting Dave Filoni for the creation of Quinlan Voss.
2: So that gets no. into the that gets into the comic book side of things, and that's where I, I don't have as much experience. So that, that would make some sense if there were some issues there that I'm not aware of.
1: Oh um, we, we covered it on Legends podcast when it happened so, years ago the, the, years ago. So we don't we don't need to bring that that up. But she didn't I couldn't put her on the worst EU list because arguably she's only had one bad Star Wars book, in my opinion. And that was her last Star Wars book where she had to write a Battlefront 2 tie-in to the EA Battlefront. And it was terrible and had to bring in a D-list character from Dave Filoni's Clone Wars as like a, a, a what a twist character when you could tell who it was immediately. Um, spoilers, it's Lux Bonterrier, uh, Ahsoka's kind of love interest. Is is a rebel terrorist, and the the villains, the Empire, who are the heroes in this book, kill him.
2: It doesn't matter. That book sucked ass. <laughs> well, that's from the uh, Disney canon, though, right? Yes, and and I have a few Good reading of that.
1: <laughs> I have a few. I have a few Star Wars authors who wrote in both canons and on this list because certain authors were contracted to do so. And I, I don't consider it too blemishing on their their careers. Um, Dylan, what's your number nine?
3: My number nine is uh, Greg Keyes. I think he's really underappreciated when it comes to the um, when it comes to the New Jedi Order authors, mm-hmm. um, writing the Edge of Victory duology and then the mm-hmm. Final Prophecy. He was the first one. Um, granted, Tahiri of course was had been in the uh, young Jedi Knights, but for a lot of people, it was the edge of victory duology that was their first introduction to Tahiri. I think mm-hmm. he handled her and, um, Anakin's relationship quite well and did a lot to kind of build it up, kind of building off of that. And then later on mm-hmm. with, uh, final prophecy, that was where a lot of like the, um, he, the only real uh, problem I really have with that, um, with novel was Na Minor's um, basically going back on his entire story arc during the four terror trilogy and just siding siding with the overlord anyway but other than that i do think it's uh it's great it's uh, there's a lot fewer characters in it so it kind of really focuses in on what's happening on Zanovian courts and like uncovering i guess the like the conspiracy behind why like the vong attacked when they did and I, I think he did a great job with that and i think of the new Jedi order authors that uh like you said with uh, with Kathy Tires, that didn't really get another shot. I think he is largely unappreciated in that.
1: Yeah, he barely didn't make my, he would have been number 11 if I had done a top 20.
2: I could see putting him actually higher on the list than I have him right now. Um, but while you're doing that, I was just looking up what other works he did and didn't realize he actually has done some Babylon 5 stuff, which I do mm-hmm. like Babylon 5, and apparently also did some work for the Elder Scrolls, which I didn't realize either, which is always fun.
0: I think he's also written for Halo. Was it Halo? Because that's I, what I was looking for. When we, when we were, were doing our uh, EU March Madness on best authors, uh, Dylan and I had this conversation earlier, I mean, years, a couple of years back, where Greg Keyes is really just underrated.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, but I, I agree with what you said.
1: I guess my number nine is Mary Jo Duffy. Going way back. I'll tell you what. She held the EU together in the the original dark times. Every one of her comics is engaging. She wrote for the original Marvel series. And I highly recommend her stuff. She doesn't get enough credit for that series. Usually it goes to Archie Goodwin. And there was another prominent author in between who I think is okay and Noah's not here to yell at me, for for um for what he he did. Um, I just don't think his stuff was that good. But Mary Jo Duffy really was writing that series when no one cared anymore. It's a real shame because there's some really good stuff in there. Was she was she comic books only,
2: or did she do other stuff?
1: She primarily did the Marvel stuff. That's what I know her from.
0: Okay. Yeah, I agree. With that. I think I think Archie Goodwin did a great job um the other guy you're talking about did the uh newspaper strips that you're talking about um no
1: he he took over the comics between empire and jedi
0: because there's someone else who's pretty good and i can't remember who it was what's that guy person's name i can't remember who did the early tales uh dylan the early adventures
3: the early adventures i don't even know that
0: oh come on Oh, the from the classic
1: Star Wars, the comic. Yeah. I can't remember who did that. No, Archie Goodwin wrote some of
0: those. All and right, then maybe it's Archie Goodwin all around. It seemed like there was someone else. If it You're
3: was
1: not early here, Marvel, it was probably I it did a good, good job. It's probably not Alan Moore who wrote Devil No. <laughs> I think he was in my top I think he was number five of my worst EU authors uh but anyway Matt what's your number nine
0: <clears throat> by the way a good one I, I agree with Archie Goodwin Russ Manning that's what I'm talking about Russ Manning did a good job too yeah he was another good uh, author he did the early adventures um but d- d- uh, I, I agree with Mary jo Duffy completely so underrated no one cared she was writing that she cared there was cheesy stuff in there she was trying she was trying to uh, it, <clears throat> the story at the end it gets a little cheesy the artwork gets a little wonky but that's because they were pouring less money into it and it wasn't yes. doing that well as sales but she was trying to keep together keep together a good storyline she had not checked out you could have had someone who checked out during that turn because mm-hmm. it wasn't cool to write star wars anymore mm-hmm. it was fading away and she was still a fan And I think I agree. I think she did a pretty good job. So unsung hero there. Um, My number nine, Brian Daly. Okay, he is tied at,
1: I think, my number five.
0: Ooh. Um, He only wrote three, which I guess is why he may be down a little bit here, even though that doesn't make sense. I probably would have put some more people on trilogies. But, I mean, no one has gunslinging killing Han Solo, you know, uh, shoot first, ask questions later, and you won't ever see that person again. Another reason Brian Daly works is, man, the friendship between he and Chewbacca just shines in that trilogy. It shines. I mean, there, that, yeah, there's, there's, and I, reading it a second time, Han looks over at Chewing in the cockpit and just kind of, you know, smirks after someone on the ship says something, And Chewbacca was back something, he said, you said it, Chewie. He said, what did he say? He said, nothing for you. And I just like, because, you know, they they got this little companionship camaraderie. And it's not really, you look at the expanding universe as a whole, and yes, they're friends. But those little moments like that just shows that they're thinking on the same level. They're, you know, they're a team. They work together. They're great. And then, of course, Blue Max and Bullocks are just perfect. They're just so good. It's such a shame that no one decided to bring them back into the expanded universe, you know. So Yeah. But yeah, there you go. Brian Daly.
1: Okay. And Dylan, who who's the number nine author based on uh the masses?
3: Based on the masses. By the way, I only have the numbers for the adult authors, so there's gonna be no comic ones, but the masses like Aaron Alston, three point nine five out of out of five stars and ninety-two thousand and ninety-four people have left a rating or review on one of his books.
1: Okay. Interesting. Cool.
3: All right. You're number eight, Brian.
2: Yes. Uh, All right. So for number eight, uh, it's a name that's already been mentioned. I had John Jackson Miller there. Um, I don't think we need to rehash that conversation, but in particular, obviously the Kenobi uh, novel stands out for me. Mm Okay. Okay. Though he was also, wasn't he also involved on the Essential Guide to Warfare?
3: He, I don't think so. I didn't see Not his sure. name on it.
0: Okay, I'll double check on that later, but yeah. You know, I really should have put John Jack, John Jack Tamir on my list. I really should have put him on there because, but what Dylan said is exactly right. I mean, it's either a home run or a strikeout. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so night and day, night errant. The book and the comic books are just horrible. They're just they're they're among the worst. I mean the the spectrum is so wild. It's so I mean if Knight Errant was forgettable and so so or mediocre, he'd be. But he writes some of the worst. It is some of the worst stuff. I did a top ten worst comp books. Knight Errant would definitely be in those. High, high, high on those because there's so many things that they get wrong from the story, they keep changing. The artwork's terrible. They get the coloring wrong. I mean, I, I'm guessing no one cared or just no one knew the difference. It's so bad. It's so No bad. one was reading but that pianist, stuff at that point. Knights of the Old Republic is one of the best comic series out there, bar mm-hmm. none. Like, yeah. I, I think it was number three for me, but if someone <laughs> says, Matt, it's number one. I can't disagree with that because it could be number one for me too at any given day. I love it. I love that every single character is excellent. There wasn't one character the whole time where right? I didn't say, "Meh, I don't, I don't care about that person." They're not not the Republic. I love them all, and then mm-hmm. uh, uh, but Kenobi, just brilliant, brilliant. I mean, it's a Western. He did it's it. It's a
2: it's a very interesting thing that you hear about Miller. Is he's very very much on both ends of the spectrum when it comes to what he writes, and it's just mm-hmm. like, and I it's mean, almost how? universal that opinion.
0: How how do you do that? I don't, I don't understand. It's like who shows up today, Jekyll or Hyde, <laughs> <clears throat> but I think he's fantastic. Okay. All right. Dylan on, on worst comic book author, small time. You just <laughs> named number one right there. All right. Oh, yeah. Wood, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. My number oh.
3: eight is also one we've talked about before. Uh, Michael Stackpole. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I put him higher because I, again, he is a, he's more consistent than uh john jackson miller certainly and although greg Keyes is a little more consistent than him stackwell does have like again more under his belt yes um, yeah it, it's this is a kind of comp this is a conflict with of myself when i come to authors there's like there's like quality and consistent consistency for, and they then there's like you know total volume of stuff right it's like you know balancing those kind of those three things of like when you're ranking authors is, is very difficult. But yeah, Stackwell for all the reasons I think you guys have already mentioned, takes my number eight spot.
1: Okay. My number eight is a two-way tie because I just thought of this author. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, it's a tie between Kevin J. Anderson and Paul S. Kemp.
3: Really? Paul S. Kemp?
1: And I'll tell you why. Because Paul S. Kemp is a – well, let me get into Kevin J. Anderson here before I get into my conflict with Paul S. Kemp. Uh, Kevin J. Anderson, I think if Timothy Zahn really brought the EU back, it's Kevin J. Anderson that really flushed it out, in my opinion, when it comes to Jedi Academy, really taking over um, Tales of the Jedi. Just his contributions to the EU really shaped things going forward. And he was willing to play ball with everyone. Hence why I, Jedi, exists. And I, I just think he was overall a really cool guy. I'm trying not to bring Dune
2: into it, but his Dune books are pretty good. I think it's uh, fair to mention there are other works outside the fan <laughs> universe. It's yeah. fair. His Dune stuff's fun. His uh. Seven
1: Sons, I do enjoy that. Um, I think overall I, he's a solid author, both in comic book and in novel, and his young Jedi Knight stuff is just wonderful. And I can't not mention it. And he defines so many characters. Even yeah. Dark Saber has its moments of good. You know? Um, I have issues with the the, the whole Barbara hampley stuff. It's just too strange for me. Children of in my opinion, uh, was it Planet of Twilight? One of the worst Star Wars books ever written.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: But Darksaber, the moment when Luke runs into the Wampa that he fought and Empire Strikes Back, and he kicks his ass, it's just one of the best Star Wars moments ever.
0: (laughs) I can name ten books worse than Planet of Twilight.
1: I don't know. I'm not saying
0: Planet of Twilight was great. But I can name 10 books. Fair that enough. Better than plan- I mean, worse than Planet Twilight.
3: But look- so what is your number eight, then?
0: Well, let me oh, let me oh, explain my okay. Paul oh. S. Kemp thing here. Paul oh, S- yeah, he had Paul S. Kemp. I thought he was talking about his number one this whole time, because he's talking about Kevin Janerson. <laughs> yeah.
1: Paul S. Kemp is a humongous asshole on Twitter. I can't not say that. His Twitter is just awful.
3: Like, Honestly, well, a lot of authors are like that. Don't don't go on Twitter. Don't don't meet your heroes, folks.
1: Yeah. Um, not everyone's Kevin J. Anderson on Twitter, who who seems to be a pretty nice dude on there. Um, but he deceived. What a great old republic story. Very different. Well, well worth your time to read. But I really like cross current and riptide. They are some weird Star Wars, and if, if any of you know me, you you know I love the strange.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and I, I really, really like the. I really like the Jaden Core got his um, got his time in the, the spotlight, and I just think that Paulus Kemp added something in a time when I think the Star Wars was starting to get stagnant. He did something a little different. So
0: anyway,
1: that's that's
0: my number eight. Uh, Matt. Uh, I'm going to tie with uh, Dylan here. I picked uh, Stackpole at number eight, too. <clears throat> um, I think uh, I think he wrote an excellent X-Wing series. It was very good. He continued on writing it. Uh, he did good in the New jet order as well. I think where he stumbles and where he falls down my list slightly was the comp book wasn't as good. It's not terrible but some parts are some story arcs are pretty good <clears throat> battleground Tatooine probably being the highlight of the series mm-hmm. but then some really bad that like that the last story art they had just terrible but then you have the making a bear and fail which is just excellent yeah had an excellent comic book um so <clears throat> I mean he kind of he kind of stumbles around a little bit in in the uh comic books he only stumbled once in my opinion of the books, everyone knows that. But uh, that, but that, but that stumble is the top favorite of everyone else's. So, um, actually, like I, I don't said, think
2: I think out of all this whole, all those group, I think I'm the only one that actually enjoyed that yeah. book. Yeah.
0: I can't <laughs> that. Okay. And, well, and no, obviously, you know, we're talking about a majority, a Jedi. no, the majority of Star Wars fans do enjoy it. So,
2: I do have a question. I wonder, Dylan, because uh, we already mentioned that he's number ten overall. I wonder if you took that book out of that. Where would he rank overall? Uh, he would yeah.
3: be ranked lower. The masses like I Jedi.
2: Overall, so, a, I love I, Jedi. so that actually brings him up, is what you're saying? That's interesting. Yes. I Jedi is his.
3: It his is probably most popular one. Hold on, let me. Uh, I have the calcs. <laughs> let, me, let me look. Uh, I Jedi is Stackpole's third highest rated book,
2: Oh, behind wow. Max
3: War and Rogue Squadron.
2: Interesting. Oh well, yeah, okay. Interesting. Well, I, that's one of the few authors that I have seen uh, or had seen prior to getting involved in the expanding universe movement. Uh, any as comics. a person, he's
0: great to talk to. I love talking. He was to one that he's, he's also one he's, of the few authors I've met. He, he's awesome to talk to. I agree with that. I think he's a great guy. My
3: Jedi is also ranked thirty-fifth overall amongst <laughs> all the 160s adult novels. Wow.
0: Yeah, a lot so of
3: people like the- it. As for the masses, I'm very sorry, Noah. When you eventually watch this back, uh, you missed—we uh, missed out on getting your reaction to this. But the number eight best-selling, er, the number eight most popular author, uh, is everyone's favorite Clone Wars no, um, writer, Karen Miller. Three point nine five with sixty-seven hundred and thirty-two. I don't understand it who literally who
0: okay she must have <laughs> a lot of family members with a lot of separate accounts <laughs> <laughs> who really wanted her to get kudos for By the way,
3: that is low 60 she wrote three books 6700 the average for a single book of the adult authors in ratings is five thousand so her three books together Again, I don't think a lot of people actually read these books, and the people that read these books were probably TCW fans who actually left ratings for it. That would that's my explanation to what happened. Yeah. But I was legitimately shocked when I put this together. And I was like, how, how, how is Karen Miller better than Aaron Olsen and Michael Stackpole? That
0: makes no wow. sense.
2: Wow. Okay. Moving on to number seven. Brian. So I've gone back and forth between my six and seven. I kind of swapped them around a few times during this conversation, but I'm going to be putting uh, Troy Denning there in number seven for myself. Honorable mention for me. Interesting. Honorable mention. Yeah. um, Obviously, Troy Denning is a big name for the expanded universe for lots of reasons. I think I'd rather let everybody else talk about this one than myself, droning on and on. But uh, in particular, obviously, a New Jedi Order fan, so he's going to be there.
0: Wow. Wow. bunch of Denning haters here. Oh, no. I, 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 Denning has... Horrible I will, mention.
1: I will get into this. Denning I has his moments point. of really good, but it's the offhanded sex pervert stuff that bothers me greatly. It it doesn't make sense a lot of the time, and it takes me out of the story, and I'm like, really? Why is this here? Uh, Noah's not here. No, Noah yeah. threw a tantrum. Denning <laughs> <laughs> in your top 10 or even brought him up as an honorable mention. No, Denning's, Denning's grasp of the EU is oh, he, he's one of the greats, he really knows his continuity. But uh, it's the sex pervert stuff, and I don't like Saba Sabatine, it's like one of the most hated pet characters. Wow, really? really? I do not I like, like Saba. Saba. <laughs> I don't. Wow, Saba Sabati, you hate. It? Wow. I don't hate. I just don't
0: like. Interesting. Interesting. You ultimately despise. <laughs> <laughs> not listening very well. Go ahead. All right, Dylan.
3: Well, moving on to someone who's not controversial at all and never had uh, a, a got Twitter canceled before Twitter existed. My number <laughs> seven is Ra Sulfur. Okay. Interesting
0: okay. Wow. Again, a lot of it, Another
1: honorable mention for me.
3: And again, like like you said, I think um, starting off New Jedi Order with Vector Prime, he did a great job with that. He unfortunately, as I kind of alluded to, got the bad hand and was yep. the author who will forever go down as the one who killed Chewbacca, even though it wasn't a decision. But what really stole it over the top for me was the Episode 2 novelization. I think yeah. the Attack of the Clones novelization is very underrated. It gets... Overshadowed a lot by the Revenge of the Sith novelization, which isn't fair because the Revenge of the Sith novelization is like the novel, like the greatest novelization ever made, right? You're always going to come second to it. But when you read the novelization, it's fine as a novelization. But there, the one scene that really stood out to me was the scene when um, when Shmi dies in Anakin's head hands, and like it's just like it goes to like this super like it's like third person but it's like third person super limited ordering on first person where it's just all the thoughts and emotions that are running through his head just like rapid fire and what he's like and like his different how he's like state of mind in like nanoseconds just changes and, and uh and his like really puts into perspective like the reason why he did what he did and also mm-hmm. like really tied in again with like um what we see in the uh in the vision um in the actual movie when like um Yoda has the vision you can hear Qui-Gon's voice of like kind of like confirming that no that was like actually Qui-Gon like reaching out through the never runs of the force trying to stop him and like calm him down because it was but like he just couldn't fantastic yeah, I, scene
1: i mean i mean can we talk about that he, he crushes a bunch of tusken raiders with a boulder like one of the best things <laughs> I've ever read. <laughs> Compare it to Ter- in Terry Brooks' *Phantom Menace* novel, where he uh, he saves a Tusken Raider. Mm-hmm. It, I, I think that Ari Salvatore read Terry Brooks' novelization and added things in. And I, 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 th- I agree with you. It's a. It's probably the most underrated of the Star Wars novelizations. Interesting. Um, Okay. My number seven, Aaron Alston. Okay. Um, Aaron Alston is like, puts the best humor in Star Wars. It's like, it's what first comes to mind with him. Some of the stuff like in Mercy Kill, some of the funniest. Oh, Mercy Kill's great. He'll he'll put a joke in and you can tell that he had a grant, a great old time putting that in. Um, I, I, in my opinion, he really held the post Jedi stuff together. Um, with Legacy of the Force and Fate of the Jedi, his stuff. When looking back on it, his books are my favorites of both those series. Um, I, 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 it's a real shame that he passed when he did, because I, I, after Mercy Kill, which I actually went back and read recently, I really wanted more. Mm-hmm. I think he was gonna start building to something and have a whole new X Wing series with that. And I think and that would have been real interesting.
3: Mercy Kill is also just a love letter to Bray Squadron fans because it mm-hmm. it's like it takes place so like far into the past but is like a it's very much like the uh it's it's like in those like uh those, like, sports movies when it, or, or stuff when it's, like, it's a historical movie and then, like, there's the ending montage. It's, like, this is where this this guy did. And, like, he, he would go on to, like, graduate and then do this and this and this. It's very much that, but it's, like, an actual book of, like, where all the race Squadron, like, where all the old race Squadron members who are still alive, you know, what they're doing, what their kids are doing. Because a lot of their kids are in it, you know, what they've been up to. And it's it's just, like, great. It's, like, oh, wow, they, um Min and, uh, what's her, I, I forget his name, but, like, you know, they actually had, like, a successful marriage and like had a family and it's like oh oh great i love to see that you know it's like all these characters that you you read and you enjoyed um in the race squadron and getting to see like through all the chaos that happens in the post-jedi storyline yeah they're still there they had good lives they you know they're they've been taken care of
1: yeah and um uh, and who who to take over the x-wing mantle than aaron olston i can't pick for anyone else
2: uh, looking at the list of authors that I had in front of me, those—I don't think any of them could have done it better than Alston over Stackpole. That's a—that's a valid
1: question. This—this this leads me to something I wanted Dylan to do, but I forgot. Mm. Dylan, how do you feel that Aaron Alston isn't part of the Essential Legends collection?
3: Well, he is now. They—they they finally mm. made re- they uh, the most recent rank uh, waves of um. The most recent leak has race squadron in it. Mm-hmm. A year, a, over a year after back to war, they've in four waves, they finally added Race Squadron.
2: We need that unabridged audiobook. <laughs> They're never gonna
1: do unabridged audiobooks again because that will make them money and they they don't care to make money and because that
3: was the only thing that was here's what I think. That was the only thing that was actually bringing in people who already own these books and know better, um, to like uh uh to the series, and now that we don't care anymore, they can they can push stuff through like, oh, I don't know, uh, copy-pasting Drew Carpichens uh, without the author section into Wedges Gamble, and just replacing Drew Carpichens with Michael Stackpole, or crediting Michael Stackpole in Back to War as having written Vector Prime. <laughs> and also the, in uh, the other three X-Wing books that he wrote, saying that there's actually a third Dark Tide book called just New Jedi Order Dark Tide. Oh yeah, and, and also stating that uh, I Sarge Revenge is actually a race squadron book for some reason. <laughs> you know, with without us in, involved we would never have found those things, you know. They can just slip those things right past us and we'd never notice.
0: <laughs>
3: I've been on a warpath against the of Legends Collection recently, I'm sorry. <laughs> Central
1: Legends Collection sucks ass. And I'll tell you why. I, I, video,
0: I posted a video of how they how they uh, select them. We got some inside footage of Delray picking yep. the waves. It was amazing stuff. It was like yep. a, a groundbreaking. It, it explains kinda, so much. Yeah, the, it broke the internet when it came out.
1: They, they are the worst of bound books. They are so cheap and how they're made, and they're more expensive than the mass market paperback. And I think is just so stupid to get rid of mass market paperbacks.
3: Mm-hmm. And they are getting rid of it. Because again, if you go to barnesandnoble.com, you cannot buy mass market paperbacks for books that have an essential legends collection printing. They're still bringing them in stores for now, but if you do mm-hmm. online orders with let's be real, most people these days are ordering things online and you go through Barnes and Noble website, you can't get a mass market paperback of the front trilogy anymore. That's what what was the point of getting those new covers? Uh, you know they're they're making they're they're making they're replacing the cover every five years and now we can't get the old ones back.
1: <clears throat> it's stupid. It's just stupid. Shit. And it, and it's like everything that Disney Star Wars touches is just a just a
0: mess. Yeah. Small yeah. time said it best. It was my Project Veritas video. It That's was, what exposing, I was laughing about. <laughs> exposing Delray. <Rey. laughs>
3: anyway, Matt, what was your number seven?
0: My <laughs> number seven. My number seven is the man, the myth, the legend, John Ostrander. Um, when his okay. stamp of approval was on a comic book, you knew it was going to be solid. His only swing and a miss really was Dawn of the Jedi. Um, yeah. I really... I really think he was flawless other than that. I mean, to be honest, it's so funny because I never took notice that much of comic writers.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But I just, uh, over time, I realized it was the same. When I found out it was the same guy who was writing all this stuff that I loved, was like, whoa, wait a minute. It's all Ostrander. Um, it's a little higher there, story. It and I mean, and even when I was against the idea, I was totally against Star Wars Legacy when when they talk about it you know like the fans in the forums were totally either for it or against it and heavy both ways I was probably one of the loudest on the forums who was against it Mm -hmm. and uh they said just just give us a chance just give it a chance I was like it's gonna suck it's a bad idea it's a terrible idea I don't want this I remember they came out with the uh when it first came out they came out with the um you know the issue zero which basically just sets up what the universe is about you know and kind of what things are something like that and i was thinking this looks like garbage looks like garbage You guys to and then uh as i uh, before i even got to the first six issues I was like all right i'm interested <laughs> and then i was like wow this is good and it took a lot because i mean i was totally against it from the very get-go and then he turned me into being it's one of the best comic book it's in my top 10 best comics jeremy uh,
3: correct me if i'm wrong on this but I think John Ostrander is the only one is the only uh comic book artist within Dark Horse that was actually able to make good war six issue miniseries. Yeah. Because all of well,
1: way- I don't mind Kotor's war. Really it's not it's not great. Um it's the worst. if but compare it to John Jackson Miller's <clears throat> stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it looks a lot better than Knight Errant, but um, yeah, no, um, he wrote the best best one by far. Um, because in my opinion, I remember when Legacy ended, and you're like, "What happened? Things aren't settled." And then war happened,
0: right?
3: And even uh, Dawn of the Jedi War,
0: Dawn of the I, Jedi War. I believe war is the best. that was mm-hmm. Randy Stradley knew it was a fifty issue series, but he said, "Let's do a mini series." So save mm-hmm. that story. I believe that's how it went. So Ostrander ended it and then did the mini-series just to get... Because Legacy was selling like hotcakes. That's Seriously, that's why Legacy 2 got made, because it was such a big seller for Dark Horse.
1: Legacy 2 is not bad. No, it's not. It's pretty good. Um, That was my favorite thing at the 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 end there.
3: So the masses at 7 have John Jackson Miller um, Mm -hmm. at 3.96, 19,707. Um, so have a really good guy. They have a good one.
2: Okay.
1: We're moving on to number six. Or are we number five?
2: Six. Number six. Six.
1: Six. 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 I can tell.
2: So, number six. I had uh I had James Lucino over at number six. Uh wow. for a plethora of reasons. I'm not gonna uh, say where he is on my list, but
1: <laughs> he's I, on my
2: list. We're at the point in the list where I can see arguments for everybody on this being high as this high or higher. Um, So wouldn't be surprised if uh, the names I'm throwing out at you guys are going to be a little different. I know my one and two are already different than most of you, but um, no, I know your one is everybody knows my one. Uh, Lucino, he just did a wide range of books from different eras. Mm -hmm. uh, Obviously new Jedi order being one of it. Um, If you wrote new Jedi order, I'm probably putting you on this list somewhere. Uh, But also, obviously, Darth Plagueis uh, is another one of those standout books for him, and I don't think that one can be really ignored by anybody.
1: I'll tell you what, my dad hasn't read a Star Wars book since the Bantam era, picked up Darth Plagueis, read it, and now he's reading every
2: EU book. I, I believe it. It has that power, that same power where you know. In Twin Suns, we like to try and direct people to a good place to start based on what they like. You know, if they don't have anything in particular, we'll say you know, you know, Aired the Empire, you know, trilogy being one of those standouts. But Darth Plagueis is another one of those that like if you're a high enough, old enough person who understands you know what you're reading, okay, your comprehension's well up there. Yeah, Darth Plagueis is definitely one of those go-to books. I'm like, this will get you hooked on Star Wars reading.
3: And it also, in my opinion, it worked Plagueis works really well as your first book because it's a book that not only holds up on a reread after you've read other stuff, but actually gets better when you have you know, when you have read Shadow Hunter and you know the connections, or when you've read Council Acts of War and you know the connections, or you've read uh, or you've read a uh, Django Fett open seasons and you know the connections. Like it's cause it like it presents these things like they're kind of like, you know, you get like a page or two about these stories, and they're kind of like conventions in passing, right? So when you're reading for the first time, it does a good job of like explaining, oh yeah, this is what happens, and this is the results of it. But then when you go back and reread it, having already read those stories, you're just like, oh wait, that's how that fits in. That's, that's you know, you get the cause and effects now, the relationship that they have. And there's no other author that I think that's better at at doing that.
2: Thank you. Okay. Who's next up on the chop block? Dylan.
3: (laughs) My number six is uh, Drew Carpishon.
2: Okay. He's a bit higher on mine.
3: Yeah, he got bumped down because I remembered some other people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He was obviously a little bit higher. But, I mean, Bane Trilogy, fantastic. Uh, Revan and i actually don't like annihilation as like a a lot of other people do i don't think it's a bad book it just wasn't it wasn't for me one of my
2: favorite books
3: it it just wasn't for me i didn't i didn't connect with this i didn't connect with the main character basically so it was fine uh but not up there but even still he he's such a a good storyteller and then even looking past that he is um he, he was behind the stories of the KOTOR games and is on on the also of well the uh, the Star Wars The Old Republic where he still writes. I believe there's I believe some of those there are one or two, I think, of those short stories we've gotten since decanonization that were written by oh, him. Yeah. Um, one of the more prolific and like uh, be, mainly because of that, like the more long tenured authors that we have that he's technically speaking, still writing Star Wars Legends today.
2: No, nah, for those reasons, yeah, he'll be on my list somewhere higher too. <laughs> yeah. But he is also for outside of Star Wars, he was also responsible largely for the writing behind the first two Mass Effect games, which were also very popular from a storytelling standpoint. Mm-hmm. So he's uh he's a very good author, no doubt about it.
1: All right, my number six. Archie Goodwin. One of the grandfathers of the EU. I, I just Archie Goodwin just is really classic Star Wars to me. I love most of what he wrote for the Marvel comics, although he made a continuity error that unfortunately stuck, which Luke suddenly has his lightsaber again between Empire and Jedi, his blue lightsaber. And um, I could see Abel J. Pena fixing that with like a little short story. That he found, that he just found a lightsaber somewhere, but as of this point, that that really bothers me, and I think he loses steam after Empire Strikes Back. Well, and it seemed like he was kind of done, uh, but his stuff, his his art, his uh, his basically retelling of A New Hope, I think is really good. With like Mosep Benid and all that, um, the the vo- the voice of Jabba. Uh, I I really really like the um, Jackson and all that Don Juan Quixote. It's so goofy, but it's so so classic. And basically, all that all those comics leading up to Empire Strikes Back, I think, are pretty solid. I mean Valance another great character he he wrote all these great characters that only in recent years are really starting to see like some some traction I mean they they've put like taken Valance and put him in the new canon um it's really recently that they re- people are starting to appreciate Archie Goodwin and I think his stuff for the most part is well worth your time Also his comic strips are pretty good too well
0: I that's forgot the one. I didn't think he. Wow, that's a walk. Right, that's yeah, a good Love name.
2: It. Definitely.
0: I don't have him on there. He should have been there. I also don't have True Carpishan. I should have put him on there. I I just forgot. I put this thing together last minute. So. Oh, well. Well, who do you have at six? Who do I have at six? Yeah, well, who, who do have. I have at six? Is your number six, Brian? It's James Lucino. Same reasons, but I want to say you did not talk about Labyrinth of Evil. Shame on That's you. That's right. Oh, yep. It yep. Is a, such an well, so amazing I, novel. Here's
2: <laughs> the thing I know he's going to be on lists. I'm not going to name yes. everything he did.
0: <laughs> well, I think you should at least name one of the best books out there. I mean, Labyrinth of Evil sure, is great. Dark Plague is his. But oh my goodness. Oh my <laughs> goodness. What a thrilling romp was Labyrinth of Evil. He talked about being. You know the the lead-in novel to episode three. They weren't yep. kidding. It's the must-read novel, man. Oh yeah, it is I remember all the way up leads all the way up at episode three, and it says to be concluded. And you're like, yep. oh, so it's good. So oh good, oh yeah.
2: There was a there was a donation event we did in Phoenix where *Labyrinth of Evil* was one of the books we had up for you know possibly giving out. And I remember distinctly that one of the kids came up with one of their parents and they saw the title on the book and said no from the title. And it just hurt because I knew how good that book was. And I'm just like, oh, you're missing out. No. <laughs> oh, terrible. So, oh, it felt so bad. I was like, please come back when you're older and get this book. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: no. I remember terrible. when Labyrinth of People came out. It was such a big deal yeah terrible no they shouldn't have um i i but the only swing and a miss he had which was a so-so book was cloak of deception yeah, and I Really, because every other novel he makes is just gold mm-hmm. and this one was meh. i mean it's not bad but it's not no. that good either and it was just shocking that it came from maybe lucino fell asleep one night and his wife goes hey i can type too I don't know what happened, but it just didn't have a, it's weird, right? It didn't have the ump. It didn't have you engaged, it didn't have you going, I gotta read the next chapter. It's more like, yeah. Nah. I
1: mean, oh okay. yeah. I don't know. I disagree. I really like look at deception. I, seem I really, to recall that about it, you. Yeah. Uh, it's it's my least favorite of Lucino's books, but I'll take it over quite a few other authors' works. Um a certain someone who referred to people who didn't like her work as telephans
0: wow <laughs> wow okay alright All right. All right. <laughs> so as, I but guess anyway. as for the
3: masses they have our number six and the uh, as Matthew Stover uh, 3.98 yeah. 36,733 people huh. have left a review on one of his books
0: huh. man that's another one I didn't think about he may have made my list <laughs>
3: Oh, I again, consider down to. I again, guarantee you none of you thought of my So
2: bad. That's crazy.